Hello and welcome everybody! I got my audio transformed right in time! And he's frozen. No, he's not. <laughs> to episode 173 of the Immaterial Gamers podcast. My name's Terry. Hello. And, and, and I'm Ryan. There we go. And this is our normal weekly podcast on our normal weekly time for once. Yeah. It hasn't been all mixed up. So, we'll start where we normally start with what's been played. And yeah, we'll start. Played, we'll, played. we'll start on the top left, like we always do, which is sadly me. It's always me. Ah, I gotta get. I gotta worry, I've got plenty of what's being played to talk about here. So yeah, I gotta cheat. Oh, we got a hello in the chat. Hello, Sapphire's mother, or Anne, or whatever you want to call you. Hello. Um, so yeah, uh, you... my brain stopped. Oh yeah, so what's been played? Yeah, I know she got a bit brain freeze there already. Um. What have I played this week? I didn't play that much. I played a lot of TFT. I've been enjoying TFT oh, with this you, season. You're um, really into gadgets and gizmos, eh? Hi, Drew. Um, yes, I'm very, very much so into gadgets and gizmos. Mm. And yeah, I don't think there's much to talk about TFT because we've sort of talked about it a lot. But uh, have I, you tried double up? I have not tried double up yet. I actually was, I was actually gonna think of playing double up with you for the podcast but ah. never got around to it mentioning yeah, it i was uh, uh yeah. and i i would finished my very my blitz runs of um ruin king spoilers that's one of the games i played <gasps> um and so it was like it was like it was basically eat dinner and then podcast afterwards so didn't have time for double up on there but you should try double up you should get someone there Maybe maybe get Steph or Sapphire to You'd probably get Sapphire to do to go on and have, and have a go. She's been enjoying TFT. Yeah, pretty cool mode. Maybe it's two-headed giant idea. It plays under like a normal pace, so it's not like hyper roll. So it'd just be like a normal game. Just say it's got a couple of little bits of extras in it. Yeah. Like the like the rune of allegiance, which means you can put it on a champion and it'll go over to your partners. Yeah. Sure. After I think after you're done fighting. Uh, or does it just go um, no, always? No, the Rune of Allegiance is just you trade a character over. Oh. From from your bench onto... Oh, from your bench. Yeah. So you can buy a champion. Say, say let's say, for example, you're having trouble getting, I don't know, Chemtech characters. So you, you, you're looking for a Warwick to go gold. And I've got that Rune of Allegiance. I can send that Warwick over to you. And any items that are on it will then just go into your... Oh, it'll send it to their. It'll send them to their bench. Yeah. And so the items will just that... go to their item inventory, not even on the unit. No, to go into the item inventory. Wow, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I definitely yeah, had to try I that. that out. I was, yeah, I was, I was having a test of it with Martin last night. We needed to get it out of the way for the, the pass quest. So, you know, made 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 sense to just do it. And yeah, yeah, it's like the they have the the armory. So there's like two back to back stages. Where you'll get given a choice of items to gift over to your teammate, and then they get to do the same to you the next cool. round afterwards. And then, like you, like you mentioned, the whole idea if you can beat your opponent while your teammate's still fighting, any remaining units that survived will just teleport yeah. over. Yeah, whoever's finished first like. will switch to the other one. Yeah. Which is kind of sweet. And then there's, yeah, then there's just that idea. Then See, that there. would work really well with me. Because a lot of the times mm. I build a very tanky team. 
So I would just hold off for a very long time, and then all of a sudden, all these years would appear for my partner if she wins or he wins. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and just be like, "Hello, welcome. We're here to kick your uh, enemy's ass," which would work out really well. Yeah. Have I played anything else? Just gotta be careful on that. It like plays out in kind. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, I don't even know. You, you've been messing with tabletop simulator. Oh, I'm trying to. I'm actually for. Uh, Pixie Mama and Drew in the chat. I'm actually trying to set something up for them, uh, because they play D and D with us tonight. Mm-hmm. And the current way we have it set up is we have uh the field on a table in my living room. Yeah. So their camera, they just see a camera of it. Right. So they but have they... to sort of estimate, and it's very difficult to figure out distances and stuff. So it's a lot of them trying to figure out what they can do because they can't see it all that well. But with uh, TTS, you could set up a, a virtual desktop, basically, a virtual table. Yeah, and they would be able to connect remotely. We would have to, everybody else would end up being here anyways, so it would be on a big screen that's right in my living mm-hmm. room. And then the DM would just have to have his laptop to stream it to that TV, or I could stream it from my computer to the TV so mm-hmm. that we don't see his view. And then he can hide yeah. stuff in his hidden area. Yeah. Um, not that he really hides much from us. It's He's a pretty open uh, DM, but there are some times that he wants to keep some things in the background that we're not really supposed to know about, like sometimes the rules that they make and stuff like that he doesn't yeah. want us to know. So no, that that makes that makes entire sense, you know. There, there does need to be some. Yeah, some if we know every single hidden it, information. It, yeah, if we know all the information, then it's a little bit overpowered on our part. But <laughs> just a little. I'm trying to think of. Bye, Martin. Um, <laughs> he'll come back. Yeah, he'll be back shortly. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I've been playing, because that's the only thing I've been doing on that. So it's not really been playing it. I've just uh, been mess- messing around with it. I found some people who have a pretty decent board set up. Some of them are a little mm-hmm. bit too complicated, but I'm thinking of trying to simplify it down. I need to learn how to do a lot of stuff in that, because I could see it being very useful, but mm-hmm. it's it's a little bulky at first. Yeah, but so as, a, as opposed to the sort of dedicated ones that are out there like um, Fantasy Grounds, Roll D20. I was actually going to ask Roll you... Roll 20, I think it is. I was going to actually ask you about some of them too because I know you've done some. And you might know a little bit more about what would be better for a virtual system. Yeah, there's, there's a few that have come up. I mean, there's one that I've actually been watching. The I don't know what the name of the program that they're using, but the Escapist magazine have been doing a D&D campaign, 5th edition. Well, I and just... they got a show called The End is Night. Uh, the, the End is Night. The Adventure is Night. The there was a night. one that I've seen a present. Reddit post about the other day. It just popped up on my phone, so I figured I'd try it. Um, it was... What was it called? It was called Game Master Engine. Mm. Um, and it looked like it was supposed to be pretty simple, but it didn't have decent grid snapping, or I couldn't figure out how to turn it on. Maybe there is decent grid snapping. I didn't play around with it much, because for the most part, my DM likes the very tactileness of doing it with his hands. Mm. So, yeah. unless we find one that works really well, 
um, it's just easier for him to do it with his hands. Um, so I've just been sort of looking around to try to find something to, uh, yeah, he's old school as, uh, Anne says in chat, which is fine. I'm just looking to see if I can, yeah, I'm just trying to help the whole group out because I figure it might be a little bit easier, especially Mm -hmm. if there's a time where we, especially if I happen to be at their place or something. So then it's almost entirely remote. If we're all trying to look at the board, it'd be difficult. But if we can actually physically maneuver around the board, it'd be easier. And there's Mm -hmm. also the... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I haven't rolled ones very often, but I have very bad... uh, My my character can't hit with spells. Well, spells, not so bad. I can't hit with uh, any physical hits. I, it's fine. It's not like you've. It's not like you've been microwaving his dice, right? Uh no, they haven't microwaved my dice yet. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that you said the word yet. Uh, I, 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 they, I they've done a lot. They, they've done a lot of idea. mean things to my character so far, but hopefully that's all in the past now. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's she's about two and a half hour drive away, so it's a little bit far. Ah. Uh. Fair enough. She does spend quite that a bit of time said, here. That being said, when the visits happen, yeah. you die safe. Well, or or know where the microwave is. Yeah. Other than that, I don't think I've played much, so I think. Well, um, do you oh. want to strap yourself in, Terry? Because my god, the past two weeks I've played a lot. All right. Well, let's go. Let's see what you got. All right. Let's start first up. Um, first up, we'll go with the stream games first because they're the ones that everyone's seen or should see because they're still available on Twitch and on the YouTube at some point as well. Um, two League of Legends story games. So uh, last week, last Tuesday, there was a showcase by Riot Forge. They are the publishing arm of all the single-player League of Legends games, so they work with all the other little developers. I say little developers, some of them are Little developers. They're just itty-bitty developers. Well, the indie developers, it's the idea it's supposed to be collaboration between Riot and indie developers so so that they can provide... They'll provide the team that's making a game a character. You know, like, what character do you want to use in a game? And then they'll make the game in their style. Yeah, which is good for the indie game because they get the name of Riot Mm. behind them. Yeah. So it absolutely works. So get them some advertising, and then yeah. they get their name now. Yeah. So, so there was there were four that were like showcased. One is called Convergence, and it's a platforming game by a company called Double Stallion, who do platforming games. Um, Tequila Works are doing a game called Song of Nunu, where you get to play as Nunu and Willump. Um, they made uh, they made oh god, what was it called? Rise. R-Y-S-E. Because it was like a third-person adventure puzzle about a kid that got lost at sea. Very depressing game, but very good game at the same time. So I've heard I've not played it. I've watched it, and I enjoyed what I saw. And then, two games came out on that Tuesday. One I knew was coming out, because I pre-ordered it already. And the other was supposed to be coming out, but was delayed, but they just decided, yeah, we've delayed it so long. Um, Available now. 
And, uh, well, it's kind of yeah, annoying that they released on the same time as another game, but yeah, it's weird that yeah they, they competed with themselves. But yeah, the first one um, was Ziggs's one, Hextech Mayhem, a League of Legends story, made by Choice Provisions. They used to be known as Gaijin Games, and they used to make the uh, well, they used to they make the Bit Trip series of games. You may have okay. seen them around on Steam, like Bit Trip Beat and Bit Trip other stuff, and the bigger one that they've got known for recently is the BitTrip Runner games. And that's what Hextech Mayhem is. It's a uh, it's a rhythm runner. You oh, play as Ziggs. Your kind of style game. Yeah, exactly. So you, you play as Ziggs and he's just deciding he's his the the story is Ziggs wants to just build a bomb. Because, you know, the character of Ziggs just loves to build bombs. Yeah. He loves explosions and wants to make the biggest bomb. Um so that you can be happy that he's built the biggest bomb. He's being stopped by Heimerdinger, who doesn't want him to, to do that. But the way you go through the levels is you just... you know, There's three controls. There's jump up, bounce down, and throw bomb. And recently, they've now added the ability to map the bloody keys! Because when so the game now... first came out, you know what the controls were? were it, the used, controls? In, it entirely used your mouse. Oh. So, um... Initially, if you wanted to, if you wanted to jump up, what mouse button would you use? Left click. Left click. Yeah, perfect. Uh, if you wanted to bounce down, what button would you use? Right click. The middle mouse button. Oh, I hate anything that forces you to use the middle mouse button. Yeah, and then you know what the you know what bounce down actually was? It's the right click. A uh, bomb, I'm assuming. A bomb. Sorry, is the right click. That kind of makes sense, like, to fire, you want either of the two clicks. I thought about that right yeah. after I said the bounce down, but middle click is just, I hate middle click so much. Like, my middle click yeah. is so inaccurate, it's so hard to time it properly. Yeah, that which, yeah, it's just true, but, yeah, so I used the pad, because it had pad controls as well. Probably a lot of jump the pad. A to jump, down on the D-pad to bounce down, and X to throw a bomb. Oh god. <laughs> that, that's confusing. But wait, there's more. There were hidden keyboard controls. Space to jump. Okay. S to bounce down. K to throw the bomb. I can see that. It, it, it would be nice to know that K was, a, was the, the fire button. Like, I can sort of see that because your left hand can handle the other two. Yeah, pretty comfortably. I guess. But, but you know, and that's it wasn't pretty the normal key positioning. Match. Yeah, like I said, yeah. you'd have to know ahead of time that the K is the fire shot button. Yeah, it but, would have been you know, that's, nicer that's, if it was another button. But yeah, that was the one small problem in an otherwise fun experience. I streamed that last Thursday and did the whole story. In the two-hour time window, it's a short game, a cheap game, and a short game, and it is really fun. It's got replayability as well because of um, you know there's, there's prompts that you need to hit to make sure you don't fail a level. Okay, but there's like hidden prompts as well that if you listen into the music, you'll know what to hit, and you, you know watch the game and stuff like that. Once you complete the game, there is a mode where it shows all the prompts, whether they were hidden or not. 
So you yeah, you got a sort of a different mode from there. And I kind of I like that story. It was it was cool. Um, may get back to it to try and do high scores. And to try and unlock more Ziggs costumes. I mean, by the end of it, I was Ziggs just dressed as Jinx. I mean, they Six. both love explosions, so, you know. Yeah, there's two very different shaped and looking characters. Yeah, but it's, well, Jinx Ziggs is just, you know, it's just as it, as it is. Um, so, yeah, and with me being, with me watching Arcane recently as well for for me and for the channel, it was it was kind of fun to, to have. With your um, uh, four-hour YouTube posts? Don't stop. <laughs> Those are long freaking videos. And you were in there a don't long time last week. Speak to Duncan. Uh, but, um, you know, so that's there. Second game, then, was Ruined King, a League of Legends story. The turn-based RPG by Airship Syndicate, who made Battle Chasers Night War, a turn-based RPG. So, again, it's it's not a case of, right, uh, we want to work with you to build an entirely new IP starting, starring this character. It's like, what character do you want that can fit within a game style that you can do? Um, and, yeah, uh, currently streaming that at the moment. Uh, started that on Friday, and then, yeah, I've done a stream every day so far for at least an hour. Um yeah, enjoy the little differences of this. You know, general turn-based fair. You attack, they attack. There's an initiative bar at the bottom that lets you know who's attacking next. But okay. there's enough, there's enough changes in it to make it feel a bit different. So like they have this whole idea of boons and hazards. Yeah, yeah. So they'll they'll appear on the bar and try and persuade you to do an attack, or to either use an instant attack or a, a skill shot or whatever. Uh, a bigger attack to try and put your next turn in that bar, or in the terms of in the form of the hazards, try and set your attack up so your character is not in that bar on the next turn. And then the um, so you know because obviously you don't want to have your character inhale poison mist. For oh, example. why not? Because it's poisonous and kills you, turns you, ruins you. Weaklings. Um. But the other the other difference that it has from Battle Chasers, the game that it's well, the game that it's based off effectively, is um they have this lane system. So when you do a non auto attack, when you do a skill, you can place it in one of three lanes. Speed, balance, and power. And obviously at that point that determines the, the effect of the skill depends on how fast you are casting it. Yeah. And how much damage it deals or Yeah. So yeah, I say I say effects on that because the, there's a they are there are healing spells as well that are also affected by the lane system. Okay. So the 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 potency of the heal depends on whether you put it in speed or power. Okay. Or just left it in balance, but that also works then for it. Sort of makes it interesting with some of the mobs. Um, some of the mobs get sort of like traits or buffs and debuffs that have to be disarmed by doing an attack in a particular lane. So like the, one of the first ones you come up against is a sailor that says, right, if you kill her before disarming this spell, she'll just explode on you all. But if you do an attack in the speed lane, it disarms it. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. It goes on that. So it, it does the same as, as Battle Chasers, though. Like everyone has health and mana, and then this feature that they call Overcharge, 
So you have a fixed amount of mana. Let's just say you have 100 mana. But you generate overcharge every time you auto-attack someone. And then when you cast a skill, it has a mana cost, but it will always spend overcharge before mana. Okay, so it's like a reserve, like a bonus mana. Yeah. So it's always on the idea that you, if you, especially if you're going into longer fights, it makes more sense to charge up your overcharge first, so you're not running out of mana. Yeah. Throughout throughout the fights, um, the story of it is um, involves well. I feel that we've actually been a bit um, swerved here. I don't want to call it a bait and switch because I'm happy with any of the characters anyway. All the six characters that you're going to face in the game are well going to have in the game are all there. Misfortune was basically shown as the lead character of this. But then you also have Brom, Ilawi, uh, Yasuo, who's a prick? Just to, just to come on the idea. Uh, Ari, uh, and Pike. As There's ever a bunch of misfits that could end up being a party in a game. Yeah, that's a very strange... As, as a, I say that because the lead character, though, really, for the for most of the session I've gone so far, is Alawi. They made a whole point of like, ah, Misfortune's the main character of the game, and then she recruits all these people to take on the ruined king of Viego. Note that this game was supposed to have come out during the League of Legends event, Sentinels of Light, or it was supposed to arrive beforehand, but COVID fucked it all up. Yeah, COVID fucked up everything. Yeah. Yeah, well, what did COVID not fuck up? Let's let's be honest. It fucked up everything. Yeah, it did. It did. But uh, yeah, enjoying it. I'm gonna keep streaming it until it's done. So basically, any any like like free hour and a half I have, nice. I'll just go ahead and do it. Um, I'm 39 percent through the game already, so it shouldn't take too long. It is it is slightly shorter than um, Battle Chasers is. So that's something to just take into account there. If you if you do subscribe to the idea of money, you know, uh, dollars per hour or you know that that sort of business, I don't subscribe to that. If it's a good quality game, I don't care. Yeah, well, that's that's the way I am. Like, I don't, I don't want to buy a game that I'm going to try once and then just quit because that's a waste of money. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if I'm going to enjoy it at all, then it's worth the money. And some yeah. games I've gotten a lot of enjoyment out of. Like I've spent a yeah. lot of time in some of my games on Steam. Yeah, that's just the thing. I like I said, I just don't like you. I don't subscribe to that whole idea of this is a this is a a sixty pound game or a fifty dollar game or, or whatever. So therefore, it's got to have a minimum play time of. It's like, nah, not that bad. But obviously, you don't want it to be a joke. You don't want to be paying. You don't want to be paying fifty dollars for a game that lasts. Two hours, Call of Duty. Um, <laughs> I love how your mic followed you down to <laughs> oh, your camera. Yeah, I just, I just love that your camera just went. Huh? Mm-hmm. Huh? Call of Duty. There we are. Um, I love autofocus. Uh, so yeah, that that's two of the games. Third game, Shin Megami Tensei Five for the Nintendo Switch. It came out last week. I'm enjoying it so far. It's as brutal as any other Shimagami Tensei game. Uh, that does remind me that I've not finished him, uh, SMT3 for the stream, but needs must. We'll, we'll get there eventually. Um, same as number three, really, except updated with 
sparkly new features like the ability to remember what weaknesses enemies are. Should probably explain that. The SMT series of games have a key feature in the way that they do their fights. In that every enemy has weaknesses and strengths in terms of elemental and physical attacks. So the idea is that you as the player and your party of people should exploit those weaknesses to gain extra turns. The catch to that is you also have strengths and weaknesses, as, do your, as does your party, which means the opposing fights have the ability to exploit your weaknesses and gain extra turns. Okay. So the whole idea of building your parties for those games is to take into account what you need per fight and to try and plug as many holes as possible when it comes to sort of doing those fights. I did like that, the, yeah, that I did makes like sense. Someone, yeah, I did like that someone said recently, and I know I've, I've fell foul of this, is that sometimes you get attached to some of the demons in your party, and someone made a point of, no, these demons aren't your friends, they're fodder. They're fodder? Because it, it, it has a big fusion mechanic. I guess so I should have left that like, screen up, because I'm a lot darker now. Maybe you've, you've oh, there you go, um, yeah. So just it has a big fusion mechanic where you can like sacrifice two demons to make a new demon. Okay. I don't always necessarily say a better demon, but you sacrifice it's two a better to demon. make a new one. Not always. Um, but yeah, the idea is that you fuse those together, and then you can get skills, you know, to plug in weaknesses and stuff like that. And your main character yourself has the ability to extract essences from other demons. So you can change your resistances on the fly, provided you've you've got what you need and stuff like that. So I'm enjoying it. Still brutal. Not beat the first boss yet because uh, it kicked my ass the last time. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know what it's strong against and weak to now though. So I'll just get the party sorted and I'll go again, probably after the stream to be honest. So I chill out, uh, right. which then leads to the uh, leads to the final game. Forza Horizon 5. You played for Horizon 5. I played Horizon 5. Nice. Uh, got it on my got it on my nice uh, we got it on Minor Martin's shiny new Xbox Series S. Oh. Um long story long story short, we paid much more over the odds for the console because we were just at an arcade during the holiday in Blackpool. Where you, you know, ticket machines and stuff like that. Yeah. But we got so close to earning them that we just we just did it, and I've got it. We weren't going to spend the tokens on anything else. Yeah. I say that. I think. I think I've got. Uh, one time. Well, he's gone. I'll just uh, try to think of something to say. I bought, I bought that. Okay. Got that last time I was on when I did the podcast. With yeah, you said that. I remember seeing that podcast. He's he's got an he's got an emergency meeting to go to. So. Um... He was in our last emergency meeting. He's always got an emergency meeting. Roll. <laughs> where that came from. Basically won that from like the, the little they do like camel derbies where you got to roll the balls and so the holes to make a camel go along a big crack. Yeah. Ah yeah, that was it. Uh yeah. We didn't have many tokens left, so um Poop. It's blurred. <laughs> you got poop. It it won't focus it it won't focus it because it thinks it's the background. Yeah, and then there was like some uh, like little card games like an emo emoji, um, flashcards. So like, there were names of films or songs, 
just using emojis as the titles and stuff like that. But um, yeah, so as that, I upgraded my Game Pass from Game Pass to PC to Ultimate. And um, yeah, I've just been playing Horizon 5 on the Xbox. I could just cloud game it and just do it on the PC as well. But hmm. yeah, it's all fine. So um, yeah, Horizon 5, pretty much everything you enjoyed about Horizon 4, but it's in Mexico instead of the UK. Um, Wasn't the 4 in Australia or was that 3? I think 3 was in Australia. Okay, so that's the last one I played. Uh, the first, the first two were set in America, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't and then, know. Yeah, four was set in the UK. And technically, for the for the story of Horizon, it it carries on directly from four. Okay. So you've, you you are now the you were the superstar of the UK Horizon tour. Um. So now you're in Mexico. You're becoming yeah. You're in Mexico and you're already a superstar and everything's great. And I was actually discussing this with one of mine and Martin's mates. Um, we got into it because he had a big issue with this, but I disagree and actually kind of enjoy it. So I discussed this with him: the unlocking or the progression system for unlocking cars is purely random. Random. Yeah. Why? Why would no, they I mean, make it random? Well, every t- every time you level up, you gain a wheel spin. That's key to the whole uh, yeah, Horizon game from TikToks there. of that. Yeah. And then, you know, when you do the wheel spin, you get a chance of just getting a car or an emote or money or stuff like but that. But you can actually physically buy certain cars. You, yeah. Yeah, so if you get enough credits. It's not entirely random. That, that's what I was like. I was like, I remember buying oh, yeah, it's cars. Not, yeah, sorry. I don't... Yeah, I mean... But I mean, the fact that there's no, there's no rhyme or reason to unlock certain cars. You know, you can buy any car you want. You could get any thing that you want. There's no, like, restrictions it's freedom to to do what you want and that sort of put him off a little bit it's like why then why would you buy all the old crappy cars if you could just wheel spin a lamborghini yeah you know and stuff like that and i sort of explained to him on there that the way that the the way that the the difficulty or like the classes for how the cars go during the game always takes into account the car that you're putting into the race anyway. So you're never going to be putting in a Lamborghini, which they call which, you know, like S1 class. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to end up in a the, race with a whole bunch of classes class are cars. based on how much horsepower, torque, and all that. Like, all the specs of the car. Yeah. So the stock Lamborghini is going to be a much higher cl- drive class than those yeah. really shitty cars. But you can make some of those really shitty cars a pretty high drive class. Yeah. But the way that that will then always work is that you, when you race with an S1 class car, all the driver tars, as they call them, um, they will all drive the same class car that you've entered. So an oh, yeah. S1 will always be up against S1s, and then if you make, you know, if you drive did the same race but with a B class car, they would all be B class cars. So you know, it's the, the idea that from what I can see, the key part of Horizon is they just wanted a game. Or playground games just wanted a a game where you could just jump in, drive a car, and do whatever the hell you wanted. And it's it's I feel that that does well in the, the sort of this saturated sandbox genre that the you know that there is. It works for that game. There's no you know you do get to unlock like little bits of story and you can do the big races. You know those those haven't changed in there. The the Colossus the um, you know the big end of season races, the Goliath, 
and all that business that's in there. The Eliminator's um, back in this game. It's still as janky as ever. The servers are still a little bit the buggy. The what? So the, the Eliminator was a battle royale that was added into Horizon 4. Yeah, I didn't play Horizon at the, 4. At the, at the height of Battle Royale, Forza wanted to get in on the we could do a Battle Royale. And in in, Thor, in 4, the idea was that there were 60 drivers in, and you You'd, That's a you'd lot spawn. of drivers. Yeah. You'd spawn where you'd want in, in the UK, on the map, and you would all start as a Mini Cooper. The worst car in the game. Okay. So you're in your old and... 1950s Mini Cooper. And there would be drops on the map that you could then upgrade the car to, you know, better cars as you went along. Um, and the way that you would eliminate people in this was if you either stayed out of the arena too long, just like a, a Battle Royale game, or you challenge someone to a race, and you'd basically just drive up to them, flash your headlights, the game would determine a point for you to race to, first one gets there, wins. Hmm. Loser gets eliminated. That's kind of a neat and idea. At that point, yeah, at that point you get to take their car, or just upgrade your car. To the next, to the next level, and then once there were like between ten and fifteen people left, um, the game would then spawn you all together, give you one final point to go to. First person to get there wins the eliminator. Yeah. Uh, um, same thing in this one. They've just changed it to make sure that you had a you had a car that was more known in Mexico. So in this point, you just get a, an old Volkswagen Vacho Beetle, and that's your your small car now. The reason I say it was buggy as fuck was because I was in a race. Oh, I was in an eliminator. Everything was fine. Found myself a nice level five car. Everything was great. Hadn't seen a driver the whole time. Hadn't seen a driver. Suddenly, I get challenged out of nowhere by someone. Still didn't see him. Never existed. And they got to a point. Um, there was a point to point race. I absolutely hammered this person who didn't exist, of course. Got to the finish line. It didn't recognize I got to the finish line. I'd sit there for 90 seconds, it timed out, and eliminated us both. Oh. I've not been in, elim in an eliminator since, and I uh, just hope that it's been fixed, but it put me off, basically. Yeah. It... But other than that, other than that, I'm loving Horizon. It's just it's just great. I just want a... I just like, you know, I don't have to you know, race around the same six race car tracks. Over and over again, yeah, well, realistic nice. damage and all that stuff. I just like to get a car, you know, absolutely book it across Mexico, find a danger sign, and jump 500 meters off it, and then watch the car just career down a hill, and then respawn it, and all the all the bumper scratches are gone. Yeah. So is that so everything you played? Yeah, that's everything. I've, I've, I've finally got that all off my chest. So that means we're gonna move on to our favorite topic that we. Should have, we didn't get last week because it came in the day after, like usual. As is tradition. Yeah. So. Here it comes, everyone. It is time. It is for... time for. What the fuck, Blizzard? What the fuck, Blizzard? Well, as I tried to call it, because as I was saying, you know, someone's like, do you remember? So, why'd you call it What the Fuck Blizzard? It's, you know, it's not just Blizzard, it's Activision and, and King and all that. It's like, yeah, but W2FABK doesn't really roll off the tongue. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and what the fuck, Blizzard works. And, yeah, and, and most, most of it has just died off in Blizzard. Yeah. Well, most of Activision's employees are based for Blizzard. Yeah. 
Oh my! Oh my God! Where do we start? Yeah, well, we start at the beginning, I guess. Yeah, we'll um, start with no, the not thing all that... the way back at the beginning. Just, just assume we were assuming that you already know the shit that's happened with Blizzard over the past few months, Cosby yeah. Suite, and all that bollocks. Wow! Wall Street Journal investigative journalists. Is this the Bobby uh, Nautic one? Uh, yeah, the Eurogamer one um, is the source for this because, unfortunately, the Wall Street Journal article is paywalled and I didn't sign up for it, but a lot of the Eurogamer article explains the key points that were in the journal article from there. Whoo-wee. So, um, let's start with this. Bobby Kotick pretended, basically, that he was unaware of all the sexual harassment and abuse that was going on between Activision and Blizzard and associated companies. Um, and it's like, how thick are you to not notice that this was happening underneath your nose? Well, turns out... He was part of turns it. Out, he was part yeah. Absolutely. He was part of it. He was implicit in it. He knew it was happening and basically pulled the old... What are you going to do? tricks. Um, some of the stuff on this. Uh, allegations for example, according to this Eurogamer article which we have sourced in the chat um, allegations made by a Sledgehammer Games employee that a male supervisor had raped her in 2016 and 17 after pressured into consuming too much alcohol in the office. We know that this was a thing because it happened in Blizzard. Yeah. The cube crawls. Uh, that would come up. Um, there was another, where was it? It's one that happened in, like, early in the year, about, like, 16 years ago, where Bobby Kotick had sent a, a voicemail to this member of staff, this female member of staff, threatening, uh, that, uh, he would have her killed. Wow. This which, is, uh, which he, which up. he quick-wetted. Uh... You know, of course he regretted it, because he's going to get in shit for it. Yeah. So basically, he was involved with a lot of high-profile ones. Um, one in particular, um, to, to, to quote from the Eurogamer article, Kotick is also said to have been aware of allegations aimed at Dan Bunting, co-head of Activision's Call of Duty studio, Treyarch, um, in which a female employee accused Bunting of sexually harassing her after a night of drinking in 2017. An internal investigation in 2019 reportedly recommended Bunting was fired, but Kotick intervened to keep him. Uh, no, 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 we've got to keep him here. We've got to keep him here. So it actually turns out that one of the other bits of news, um, see the one about uh, Call of Duty Studio head quits after sexual harassment accusation report? The One of the Polygon links? Uh, that's not the one that I had ready. Uh, Sorry, yes. I apologise. It just Jump came one. up because it was... Yeah, yeah, yeah I got yeah, it. it was... So, yeah, that one. Dan Bunting no longer is the co-head of Treyarch because the Wall Street Journal basically asked for his right of reply. He had a right of reply in regards to the accusations and rather than respond to those accusations, fucked off. <laughs> that's, that's a great way. That, no. Yeah. No comment. I quit. See you later. Well, I guess I kind of understand it with all that shit going on. I'm not fucking staying around that company. Yeah, but if, it, he, it was does... the, if, if he was if he was the guy being investigated for the sexual harassment, and he it just goes, doesn't look very good. Peace. 
it doesn't look very good on his state, but no. I, I would have left and been like, I'm not sticking with a company that's going through this. That's what I would have done. Yeah. At least uh, try to make yourself look not guilty. Yeah. It's like, um... I'm not going to stand for this. I'm out of here. Yeah. I'm, I would like to I would like to investigate. Use that right of reply that you've been given. Yeah. By, you know, by the paper in question and, you know, just just do it. But now, just upped and left immediately. Of course he did. It was gone. Bye. So, you know, that had happened. So, um, is there any other stuff that had come up from... Well, there's the two things for the Bobby Nodic. Uh, the Blizzard walkout. All the people. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. So as a result of this giant bombshell piece of journalism, um, the... Oh, God, who were they called? What was it? Uh, uh, the ABK Workers Alliance. So this is the other Polygon one. So, yeah, Activision Blizzard Workers walk out, call for CEO Bobby Kotick's resignation. Um. So, yeah. Pretty much within hours after this report, 150 people showed up to protest at the Blizzard campus uh, due to a call to arms by the ABK Workers Alliance. Basically, the the mini... I'd, I'd hesitate to say union because they're not an official union, but it's about as close to a union as you can get in the video games. Yeah, no, a workplace union, basically, instead of yeah. a full-on union. Yeah, so they basically just turned around and... Yeah, so they basically just turned around and said, um, no, we're not standing for this. You said you were going to try and fix this. We didn't believe you. This just confirms why we didn't believe you. Uh, we're walking out again. So, you know, that that had all happened. And then... Ooh, dear me. Ooh. Dying over the there. Myself. I got the burps myself. That's just Too a, much a of that zero there. Won't say the yeah, brand name part much, of it. Too much Coke Zero. Uh, oh, you said it. <laughs> oh, well, damn it. Free advertising. There you this, go, Coke. Yeah, yeah. too much of this zero-sugared cola drink. Aspartame instead. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so they, they, they all walked out. It went up to as high as 500, by the way. And there's currently a petition ongoing um, that is still asking for Bobby Kotick's head. Because, uh, annoyingly, the board has his back. Uh um, see, I say that though. The board has his back. Could they possibly have his back? And I'm skipping ahead again here as well. Um, it's one of the Kotaku links. Um, do you remember? Do you remember when the allegations initially came out with Blizzard, and there was the response from Activision, uh, from the original COO, uh, Fran Townsend, who basically said all these allegations are false and uh, blah blah blah. This is just the media trying to get in in the way of our running yeah. of our business. That email that she absolutely sent out. She didn't fucking send it. Oh, really? Yeah. Kotaku, Bobby Kotick actually wrote Fran Townsend deranged company-wide email. Where is this? I don't think you... I don't think I gave you the link. Sorry. I will I will give you the link, and then I will also just put it in the... Uh, when I can find if you just put the source in, I can pull it up. Yeah. Yeah, I'll put the source in. Sorry, I forgot about that. There we go. So, uh, yeah. He actually turned out that he has first approval on all executive-level company-wide emails that go out in Activision. So... And therefore, he had 
basically wrote this email. Did he write it? Denying or all he... the accusations. Does he oh, just he, have... He, he wrote... He has admitted that he wrote that email. That's in his long list of regrets. Oh. The guy has more regret. The guy has more regrets. Yeah, but just because he have... says he admits yeah. to it doesn't mean that he wrote it. Yeah. They might just be but... using him to take the brunt well, of it. No, they might have offered yeah, him some money for it or he... something. Yeah, what happens? Fran Townsend is not a savior in this in this in this discussion. She's got you know she's got a you know a sin list as high as any cinema sins video. But um, yeah, he threw her under the bus for this one. It was signed in her name, but it was his email. Oh, and so there's there's a there's a lot of um, there's a lot of doubt in any official spokesman message, any PR response coming out. Because at the end of the day, and I'll say it this, this is basically what it's come down to. Bobby Kotick has investigated the actions of Bobby Kotick and has found no wrongdoing by Bobby Kotick. Of course he <laughs> that's, that's That's what it all comes down yeah. to. In a sentence, that. The guy is too, has got too much power in this. And so unless, you know, unless shares plummet, unless it hits the, the, the board's bottom line, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. And and that's 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 the sad thing. And, it, you know, by the fact that he's not been sacked already in response to all these accusations, when anyone else, sort of anyone else would have even, you know, pissed up a wall. Yeah. Hi, Martin. They would, they would have been he's gone. Back. Oh, yeah. Hi, Martin. Hold on, hold on, wait for it, hold on. Give us one sec. Three, two, one. Bye, Martin. There we go. Oh, <laughs> I've just got something kicked along at me then, but yeah, it's fine. Um, so also, yeah, actually, I'll leave that last one there. So back to the Polygon ones. Remember Jen O'Neill, one of the co-owners or the new co-chiefs of Blizzard, along with Mike Ibarra? Uh, she, she, she resigned only three months into the job. Sure. Yeah, she actually wanted to resign one month into the job. Why was that? Um, yeah, that whole idea of being co-chief owner of Blizzard um, gave her the the absolute perks of not being as paid as much as the male co-chief of Blizzard. Yeah, sounds about right. And yeah, and welcome to the world we live in. <laughs> yeah, she she was apparently also affected by a lot of the harassment that was going on in regards to the company. You know, being female and gay, um, and given given Blizzard's tolerance towards that part of the diversity spike, in terms of the higher ups, I should say that in regards to the lower ends of the devs and you know everyone on the same idea, that was, you know, shouldn't be out of the way. Inclusivity and diversity should be there the entire time. Yeah, no, that should have nothing to do with anything. Yeah, the fact that this is being said that this is something that needs to happen is a problem in itself because it should just already be happening and shouldn't be a big bombshell that someone's there. It's like, oh yes, here's our first female gay Blizzard co-leader. It shouldn't fucking matter. Yeah, no. You know, that's... I guess... Yeah, like, I I understand companies... They, they say it, but they're usually... When they say it, they're usually trying to tick boxes yeah basically they're not they're not doing it they're doing it for press they're doing it for yeah. the public eye yeah and then as soon as they say it 
It's so try to make themselves look good, but you automatically now know that that's why they're doing it, mm. which is bullshit. Yeah. yeah, it's just mad. It's just it's just bad. It's just very bad. And this le- then leads to one final piece. Again, I'll put it in the source because this one I just sprung on you on the last one. It's another co- another Kotaku one. Uh, report. Uh, um, another Wall Street Journal report, actually. <laughs> Uh, Bobby Kotick had met with executives and senior managers and has stated, um, well, according to this report, that he would consider quitting if he can't fix the company's culture. He's part of the culture. How? Yeah, one, he's part of it. And two, how long do you fucking need? Yeah. This has been going on for years. Yeah. uh, I I I mean, sure, he's been caught over the last year. Yeah, but you also have to remember if he's trying to change it now, there's only so many people he can get rid of without really impeding the business. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could put strict scruff guidelines in. The scruff of his own neck. And... Yeah, but yeah, if he's part of the culture, then it's never going to change with him there. No, no, exactly. Because he's not no. going to... You can't see wrong if you're the one that's also doing that wrong. Yeah. Because it's... You just see it as normal. Yeah. So, and it shouldn't be normal. But no. you know that's that's the problem. And, and yeah, we we look into this. There are other game companies being investigated or have had issues with harassment. One of them is one that we probably shouldn't be giving as as, as leniency as. I'm to say leniency. Be, you know, we should be giving it just as short shrift as anyone else. Riot and Ubisoft. We've mentioned both of them right, uh, previously in this. They've had you problems. Know, yeah, Ubis, Ubisoft with their massive, you know, with their having to get rid of a lot of high executive level or sort of lead developers of, of projects and Yves uh, Jimo, um just going, la 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 la, I can't hear you, there was nothing going on, nothing going on, my family business needs to remain my family business, thank you. That's one. Riot are still being investigated um, for you know, harassment. They're in in a court case at the moment. What Riot have managed to... This is bad that this is being said, though. But what Riot have managed to do is build an empire that's cross-media um, and, and, and collaborate with other companies you know, that have better cultures than them to make high quality products and TV. That doesn't you know, games fix games and, and TV. That doesn't fix it doesn't anything. fix the riot problem. No. No, you're right. And if it gets called out and it does get called out by people, it still needs to be said. There's and then still you drag a lot them down to a riot. Yeah. You muddy their water Yeah. Um, you know, and that's and that's sort of just come out in, in you know in, in regards to that as well, but there is a sign there's a there's sort of a difference between what Riot has done and what Ubisoft and and Blizzard have done. I'm not forgiving any of them, just to, just to confirm on that. I don't want to confirm. Well, I don't, don't want to say forgive. Obviously, I've seen some, you know people go on the idea, but Ryan, you're doing a, you're, you you and your website are doing a review show hyping up a you know a cross media TV series that has now become the best the best rated thing on IMDb. Yeah, I have. But I can look into that. Is that I don't want to be dragging down the French animation studio and the musical artists and voice actors that have worked on that show yeah. just because it's got Riot's name on it. And, and not the idea every... that I should just sort of 
not everybody there not everybody there is bad yeah and if they make a good product you're still going to use it until it gets to the point where everything is bad like if it's yeah. everything's bad that's totally like if everybody's corrupt at a company or something then okay you're not going to use their product yeah but there's always going to be some bad people in this world and mm-hmm. at least if they're making actions to right these actions then they're yeah get rid of the bad actors restructure the business and then everything's fine yeah. we've got to give them the opportunity to do something like that now and if it fails to work like what seems to be happening with activision burn the thing down start over yeah absolutely if you can get rid of the bad actors get trust again get that goodwill back and you know make sure that the, the, the situations that cause them to be investigated that badly in the first place don't happen again and so be it. And at that bit, it might be small, it still might be that there's a lot more work to do, but riot on that idea do look like it's look like it's been done. Of course, like everyone else, I would like to see the change happen. Yeah. I don't want promises. I like results. Yeah. But they're we closer see to movement. results than Activision and Ubisoft are. Yeah, we want to see movement towards the greater good. Yeah. We don't so... want to see... We want to see some positive news and it getting more positive and more positive over time rather mm-hmm. than just negative, 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 negative. Yeah. So, you know, that's how that works. But, yeah. As far as I'm concerned, what the fuck Blizzard will not be going anywhere. Probably not. We might even have no. to make a little cutscene for it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, we really should have done that well beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> Just get a, like a title sequence. You know, we've got the intro and the outro. I'm sure we could have just had something that just had Bobby Kotick, Bobby Kotick's face there, and just when we said "What the fuck?" replace the fuck with a duck. Yeah. You know, is it just like "What the whack?" Blizzard. Um, but yeah, that's that's just how that works. So we're going to wrap this up with some good news. Uh, first of all, <sighs> one of my new shirt. It came today. Uh, look, what, what does it look to be? Oh yeah, that's right. It's a Desert of Bus 2021 Desert T-shirt. It does blurred. Yeah, because yeah, it's just the focus. It focuses on my face, and that's it blurs everything else. What we want to see, yeah, blurs absolutely everything else. But um, yeah, the recent Desert Bus charity marathon ended uh, Saturday morning my time. I didn't even know it was on. I'm so depressed. Oh, well, it's all still there on their Twitch channel, and um, every every highlight has been uploaded onto their YouTube channel. So that's that's all there too. To, to go for, but they went to raise, they bust for six hours, uh, six days and 23 hours. Holy, that was a long one. So, yeah, nearly a whole week. And they raised, in total, this is in American dollars. I should have tried to, confer- uh, to um, convert this. Ah, oh, US dollars is good. Canadian, um, into Canadian and then into UK from there. But you want to know how much they raised, Harry? Sure. One million one hundred and eighty-eight thousand six hundred and forty-three dollars just during the, the live one? run. Wow. Um. So this means it's the first time they beat a million in a during the live run. Yeah. When they when they finished last year, it was at nine hundred and eighty-nine thousand oh. or something like that. But then all the merch stuff came in afterwards, and it hit it hit over a million. So this is the first time that it's happened. 
during the live. To take that into perspective, then I want to actually just see this in. Let's just say G GBP. Uh, so hold on, maybe I should actually. That'd be about a hundred one point so eight hundred. 887,262,057 pence. Yeah. How much was that total? As uh, 1 1 million 188,643. That'd be about 1.5 million dollars Canadian, I'm guessing. You were you were really not that far off. 1,509,636 dollars. And four cents. I spent a few days in the U.S. I think I know what my dollar's worth. <laughs> <laughs> so you got you got a bit of uh, conversion on there. So yeah, so that's probably going to get closer to one point two five mil. Yeah. Yeah, probably one and a quarter mil by the time everything, all the merge like, and check everything stuff all gets all, calculated. Yeah. But that's just mad. And the now, late donations they and did, stuff too. Yeah, considering they did have a couple of issues. I can't buy stuff off the loading ready run store. Loading ready run of the company that use or that do the Desert Bus yeah. fundraiser or initially organized it. A lot of their merch, their charity merch for Desert Bus has to go through the loading ready run store. And I'm locked out of that because I'm a member of the UK. And the UK in their infinite fucking wisdom changed VAT rules and made it sure that companies outside of the UK had to be responsible for collating VAT internationally. Uh, VAT in is Canada, like taxes? Yes. Value-added tax is what we what we call it. Um, so it's like a flat 20% on any item, yeah. any non-essential item bought in the UK. Has to happen there. But we, in our infinite wisdom, even though we're buying from a fucking international store, they had to then calculate VAT. And According to according to the guy running it, there is no ability to calculate that. So, just rather than rather than uh, end up with tax evasion crimes happening and shit like that, lock them out of the store until it can be fixed. Yeah, and I I absolutely understand that. Yeah, because same has happened with the be... EU as well, though. It's happened with the EU because of the way that they do export and import fees which is separate to the VAT issue. So no one in the EU or the UK can buy off the store at the moment. Um, as he made a joke at the end of it, though, I said, oh, if you're in Norway, sorted. Yes, you're absolutely happy to buy stuff on there. I was considering at one point speaking to you and just uh, trying to sort something out, you know, maybe to get an order on your behalf, on my behalf. You yeah. could order it because you would have access to the store and then we'd do a thing. But what he's then said afterwards is he's going to be holding stock intentionally for UK and EU only purchases. To sort it out. To sort that out once it's all sorted. So well, if I'll it, just take that into account. If it but, comes up, then yeah. I yeah. can definitely help out. But yeah, that was a fucking good run. I loved it. And I loved the shirt actually as well. Bought it before. They the changed the style, like, which is nice. They, yeah, they changed the style every year. Yeah, but the other ones were all sort of very similar. Hmm. There's a couple. I mean, I like this one. The colours as well, because generally it's, they have been sort of like lavender or blue. Yeah. Come on, so it's the first one that's actually arrived in a green, which I actually quite like. I don't usually wear green. It's usually blue or black. And that's, yeah, but that's, that's a dark enough green that it's, it, it yeah. works. 
So, yeah, enjoying that. And, um, yeah, so like I said, they had those troubles. And then, of course, there's still this idea of, of COVID, particularly in Canada. It's like, they're still a bit iffy about from what it looks like, especially in sort of indoor and televisual experiences of social distancing still being a major sort of thing. So there's still no way they could do what they used to do for Desert Bus, which is pile 30 to 35 people in one single room. Yeah, no, we're so still the, pretty strictly locked down on that aspect. Yeah, so, so I think they, they had to do this hybrid streaming system. So two of the shifts were remote and two were in studio. Um, so, you know, still had that sort of thing. But obviously it's clearly not hindered them in any way, shape or form. No, because they, they did pretty good. Okay. I mean, especially, I loved how it ended. I was there when they went and hit the million as well. Just one of the guys in there just turned around and said, there's 5,000 people in the chat. We're at 975,000 now. So, you know, if all of you just donated a fiver, we'd we'd hit that. And they had like 10 minutes to go before the shift ended. And it was yeah, just like, awesome. six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was fun. So, yeah, we needed to report on some good gaming stuff at the end there just to wipe the yeah. taste of of the sour oh, milk out of our mouths the sour cotic milk alright so, um, but yeah I think that's that's everything though isn't it Terry yeah I think that's that's pretty good so if you like what you've seen oh. like follow subscribe share whatever you want to do post us on mm-hmm. your social medias and stuff and yeah audio versions are available everywhere you get podcasts yep absolutely everywhere i made sure of that yeah. even the places where you wouldn't expect to get podcasts which is sometimes weird anywhere that there's um, a podcast we're there we, we, we've stuck our nose in every little aspect yeah yeah absolutely so um and as yeah, i've slowly lose daylight well daylight's gone but i've lost pretty much all of my light now Oh, yeah, my daylight had gone about five, six hours ago, so don't worry about it. Yeah, well, if I turn on the light in this room, I will go pitch black, pretty much, because the light's directly behind me. Actually, here. Ah. Hey, Google. Oh, wait. Turn on the light. And there we go. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) So, well, it sort of, it doesn't... I say that. Look look what happens if I move my big fat head here one sec. Yeah. Yours doesn't change because it's out of focus, though. But yeah, but look, this is a total Ryan eclipse. What's that? Yeah, now you can see all the stuff in my background. Before it actually worked out as a good black background. But <laughs> all right, everybody, have a good one. Yeah, we're gonna peace out. Bye. Laters. Well, that was a bit of a glitch. <laughs> I kind of spammed it a whole bunch of times. Oh wait, our audio is going. Oh, hi, hi.